discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. He says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything he is, that is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boateng as Christ is magnified. Lord, we give you praise, even in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a shout. You must shout from the top of your lungs. You see, because you are, you are shouting because of the victory that God has given to you. You are shouting and letting everybody know that you have the victory. It is only those who believe they've won who come back with a testimony, with a testimony of shouting. What do you think? Yeah. I always say that when they are charging into war, they charge with a shout because they believe that they are born. Just to put fear, some fear into their enemy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So if you believe you've won, no matter what's going on around you, Paul and Silas were locked up in prison with their backs bleeding. But the Bible says that they shouted on top of their lungs and praised God. Hallelujah. I have so many things to share with you. So many, Otale. Colossians chapter 3, from verse 1. I want to start it out. This is the first thing God asked me to share with you. So, it says, If ye then be risen with Christ, is it true? Are you risen with Christ? It's something you must know. If you don't know that you have risen with Christ, you will not appreciate what it means to be born again. You will not live the life of a Christian. You live another kind of life. You have to acknowledge the fact that you are risen indeed with Christ. All that Jesus did on the cross, he did it for you and I. He didn't do it for himself. He did it to accomplish a great work for us to enjoy the life that he has brought to us. In John chapter 10 verse 10, Jesus quotes um, and lets you know the, one of the major reasons why he had come to the earth. He said that the thief cometh not but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Then he says, but I am come that you might have life. Then he says, and have it to the full. Jesus came so that you might have life and have it to the full. There's a life that God has given to us. That is the life of abundance. It's a life of goodness, a life of joy, a life of never-ending joy, never-ending grace, irrespective of what is going on. Whether in there are challenges around, whether there's peace, no matter what, there's only one life. Someone asked me a question some days ago, I think last week during the leaders' conference, that how do I live, uh, how do I combine my social life, my Christian life, and my academic life, and my work life? I said, there's, no, there's nothing like that. You don't have so many lives. You are not like a cat. They say cats have nine lives. We are not cats. We are, we are children of God. Hallelujah. We have just one life. There's only one life. It's called the life of God. Lived in different spheres of life. Okay? There are different spheres of life. There's, you have your academics, you have your school, you have your work, you have all those things. But there's just one life that you have. It's called the life that God has given, the life of God. Eternal life which has given to us. To be lived in different places. Same life lived in different places. Okay? So you have, if you have the thoughts of... Um, my academic life, my social life, then you behave in a certain way socially and behave another way academically and behave another way financially. 
That's why you can have someone uh, being a preacher. The person is a preacher, but the children do not want to be preachers. Have you ever seen that before? Many pastors' children don't want to be pastors. They, when you say, hey, what is that? They don't like it. Because their father has many lives. The father has pulpit life. He has church life and he has home life. So in the home, he's something else. At church too, he's something else. He looks all smiley, all nice. But when he gets home, he's a lion to the tribe of that home. And he doesn't give anybody peace of mind. He anoints his children. The Bible says, do not, fathers, do not provoke your children. But he provokes his children. And does all kinds of things. And does not do what he's supposed to do as a man of God. You get it? Uh-huh. So it's just one life. Lived in different spheres. Have that at the back of your mind. He says that, if then he be risen with Christ. If. You see, it's if what, what, what's, what's the meaning of if? If. It's a condition, isn't it? It's a condition. So he's not talking about uh, the generality of the matter. He's talking about with respect to you. If you believe that you have really risen with Christ, if you have risen with Christ, which you have, if you read in Ephesians chapter 2, go to Ephesians chapter 2 from verse 1. Ephesians chapter 2 from verse 1. He says, And you has he quickened or made alive? Do you believe that you have been quickened or made alive with Christ? He says, And you has he made alive or brought back to life? Who were dead in trespasses and sins? Who were dead in trespasses and sins? Meaning that you are not dead in trespasses and sins any longer. Now you are a child of God. Are you seeing it? Then he says, When in time past, he walked according to the course of this world. In time past, he walked according to the course of this world. According to the prince of the power of the air. The spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Meaning that you are not a child of disobedience anymore. Go to verse 4. He says, but God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us. This is what happened as a result of God's love. This is what God's love brought. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us. This scripture is similar to John 3.16. For God so loved the world, that is why he gave his only begotten son. The result of God's love was the giving of his son. And the giving of, of his son is what resulted in us being recreated in us dying in him and in us being buried in him and in us being raised on the dead with him so he says that but god who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us even when we were dead in sins even when we were dead in sins god did not die for good people jesus did not die for good people he died for bad people hallelujah Hallelujah. in romans chapter 5 verse 6 verse 7 and verse go to romans 5 6 7 and 8 he says for when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. Did he die for the godly? He died for the ungodly. For when we were yet without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. Then it says, For scarcely for a, rich, a righteous man will one die. Yet peradventure for a good man, some would even dare to die. Some would even try to die for someone who is good. For scarcely for a righteous man will one dare to die. Then it says, But God commended his love toward us. In that while we were yet sinners, Christ died. He died for you and I. Why were yet sinners? So if he died for you when you were a sinner and you were ungodly, now that you are in him, do you think he will leave you because you did something bad? No, he will not leave you because you did something bad. Okay? He, his love is what has brought you close. His love is what has brought you to him. And his love is what will sustain you. You can't sustain yourself any other way. You can only sustain yourself through his love and through his work. All that he did, he did for you. If he did all those things for you to come and become a child of God, why do you think you have to use your own strength to live as a child of God? You can't use your own strength to live as a child of God. You need his strength to be able to live as a child of God. Sometimes you see someone who is, you know, really, it's like the person is really spiritual, and you think that the person is spiritual because of some, because of how disciplined the person is. Spirituality is not according to discipline. It's by the grace of God. It's by the working of God. Okay? You must depend on the work of God in you so that you can become more spiritual, which is needed for you to do very well in in life. Hallelujah. Go back to that place in Ephesians 2 verse 4. Go to verse 5 now. Even when we're dead, since as he quickened us, as he made us alive. Go back to verse 4, into verse 5. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love with he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, has made us alive together. He has quickened us, made us alive together with Christ. Then he says, by grace are ye saved. That's what I'm talking about now. 
It is by the grace means the work of God. Grace means the effort of God. You see, it says, For by grace are you saved. By grace are you saved. So if salvation came by grace, then living the life will not come by any other. It will still come by grace. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When we talk about discipline, we are talking about you depending on God to discipline your life. Whatever we talk about that has you in perspective, you must depend on God for it. You must ask God. So the, the, the way to receive and do the word of God is to ask God to do it in you. Did you hear what I said? Have you noticed that when, they, when, they, when we tell you some things about some things you should do and then you say, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. You realize that by the time you get home, you don't even remember what you are supposed to do. And you don't end up doing anything, isn't it? You need God. So when the word of God is coming in, he'll tell you about your responsibilities. Tell God, God, help me do it. That's what the Holy Spirit is there for. He's called the helper. Sometimes we forget about that particular thing. He's there to help you. Jesus said, I'll not leave you comfortless. I'll come to you. How am I going to come to you? I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. That's what Jesus said. When the, Holy, when, when the disciples were supposed to go and preach, Jesus said that, don't go without the Holy Spirit. Tarry ye at Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. He's called the promise of the Father. The Holy Spirit is the promise that God gave to Abraham. The promise God gave to Abraham was the Holy Spirit. Let me show you to Galatians chapter 3. Let's read from verse 13. It says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Be made a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. So you cannot be cursed in your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Then he says, Cursed is the one hanging on a tree, so that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of what? That we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So the promise that God gave to Abraham was the promise of the Holy Spirit. For what? To help you live the life that he has called for you to live. So attempting to do God's word without the Holy Spirit is an attempt to fail. Jesus said that he will be with you forever. He meant it. The Holy Spirit does not come and go. He stays in you forever. He's there forever. All you need to do is to learn to count on him. Learn to refer to him and ask him questions regularly. You see the way you call your beloved on a continuous basis. Anything that happens, you just... Oh, Charlie, baby, this is what's happening. This is what is happening. She, it's like she has... As soon as you get married, one of the things that happen to you as soon as you get married is that immediately you get married, you get a spiritual GPS on you. You know GPS? Your location... When you call your wife, they will not ask you, how are you? The first question they will ask is, where are you? How are you vanishes? Where are you comes into place? As soon as you, as soon as you call, baby, baby, where are you? Oh, I'm here. Okay, so how are you doing? <laughs> Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit is the one to guide you and to bring things to your remembrance. Without him, you will not be able to function as you're supposed to. Christianity will become a very difficult thing to, to have and to live. Okay? Huh. He's the promise of the Father. He is. Is and his major work is to help. To help, help in every aspect of your life, help in every single thing that you do, help you to achieve and do what God wants you to do. Okay, go back to that place in Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 2. We are in verse 6 now, isn't it? You remember, I started from Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. Okay, so I'll go there very soon. He says, and has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Go to verse 5 one second. Go to verse 5. Even when we were dead in sins, has he quickened us together with Christ? Then he says, by grace are you saved. We are now made alive. So he says, if you then are risen with Christ, if you know that you are risen with Christ, that is the premise upon which this particular, particular scripture is, is, is made reference. It's, if you then be risen with Christ, if it is true, if you agree that you have been raised with Christ out of sin into a new life, out of death into life, out of misery into prosperity, out of sickness into health, out of lack into abundance, if you've been brought out of death into life, if ye then be risen with Christ, he says, seek those things which are above 
Seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Now, go back to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6 now. Ephesians 2, verse 6. And has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So we are seated together with Christ. Isn't it? We are seated together in heavenly places and has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We are seated together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So it says, if ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth. So he's telling you to start thinking, he's telling you what to do with your mind. Okay, let's read the Amplified of Colossians chapter 3 from verse 1. Hallelujah. I'm, I'm trying to show you the practicality of the Christian life. Without, without this, you will not be elevated spiritually. Your spiritual life will not go as it's supposed to. Okay? Your elevation in Christ, your elevation in the Spirit, is dependent on your thought processes. Your spirituality is, is defined by your thoughts, the kind of thoughts that are ministered to you every single day. What do you think about during the day? What do you catch yourself thinking about? It's one of the major, major, major determinants of your spiritual level. Where are your thoughts during the day? What do you talk about? What do you think about? Do you think about ladies' bottoms only? Do you think about breasts only? Do you think about sex throughout the day? Do you think about food? Gobe and all those things join the day. I mean, ask your neighbor, what do you think about? What do you, what do you, how's your thought life like? <laughs> what do you think? Ask your neighbor, what do you think about? And demand for an answer. What do you think about? I mean, during the day. How are your thoughts like? Ask your neighbor, how are your thoughts like? Some think about their beloveds throughout, throughout the day. It's a very sad story. When you marry, you realize that things, everything changes. You don't really think. I've been married for five years. I don't really think about some things much. You have not seen, that's why you're thinking. When you see, you'll be, you'll be fine. I should help you. I cannot help. This kind of scene, I cannot help you see. You need to see yourself. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Your thoughts, your thoughts, your mind. Your mind has a lot to do with, it, with your spiritual development. Okay? Your mind has, to do, has a lot to do with the spirit. It has a lot to do with the spirit. Your mind. You may not think it's much, but it's a lot. Your mind makes a lot of difference, spiritually speaking. There are pastors who don't think about the church. And they don't think about the, the, the development of the house of God. It's not part of their thought process. It's not. You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. They don't think about the sheep in any way. They're just thinking about themselves. He says, if you then, if then you have been raised with Christ to a new life. You see, that's what I was talking about. You've been raised with Christ to a new life. That's sharing his resurrection from the dead. We share his resurrection from the dead. Then he says, aim at, make this your aim. There are things you are supposed to aim at. This one of them. I don't know if you know aim. Do you, have you ever, ever heard of aims or goals? We always tell you to, people tell you, set goals for yourself. In it. Is it true? Set goals. Have you ever heard of smart goals? Set specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and time-bound goals. Goals that are specific. Specific means that I want to move from here to the curtain. Specific. That's a specific aim. Measurable. Something that is attainable by you. Some people said, I'm going to be, this, I'm going to be praying three hours a day. The first day they start, Mando, Shkiba, Babaya, Balaba, 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 Riga, Baba, 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 Mado, Baba, 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 Baba. 
After all that, when they check that time, it's just five minutes. And they feel like dying. After all that they did, it's just five minutes. Your goal is not realistic. Because you've never even prayed for five minutes in your life. Continuously. You are now setting goals for three hours. You are making a mistake. It's not realistic. How do you say that in English? Your seed will break. Something will happen. You will not be able to. You will, be, you will lose hope. You will become depressed. You can't go on. Hallelujah. In the same way as you have goals, we are told to have goals physically speaking. Okay, if you are working, you don't have goals, you are not setting goals, you don't know what you want to achieve. There's a problem in ministry. I have goals, I have goals in ministry. They are aims, they are goals. We are setting goals for everybody. As we have goals, physically speaking, they are spiritual goals as well. Okay, and he's telling you the Bible is telling you what to aim at. Let me show you one of the goals that one of the spiritual goals that you must have. First Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1. Amplified. 1 Corinthians 14, 1. Amplified. It says, eagerly pursue and seek to acquire this love. Make it your aim. Make it your great quest. So he lets you know that living a life of love and having a life of love should be one of your great, should be your greatest quest and your greatest aim. Spiritual aim. I seeing it. So if you say you are growing, spiritually speaking, and you are not full of love, there's something wrong. If there are questions about your love, every spiritual growth must have the measure of love. How do we know you are growing spiritually? How do we know? Is it by your prayer? Is it by how long you pray? Is it by how many scriptures you can quote? You can quote Jude 5.10. There's no Jude 5.10, but in your Bible, there's Jude 5.10. You mentioned Exodus 15.5. Genesis 17. 71 verse 7. I mean, you can quote scriptures. Is that, what, is that the measure of real growth? That's not the measure of growth. The measure of growth is not in... Um, what? What else? You can lead prayers with your broken voice. Lift up your voice. <laughs> Lift up. Because some time ago, it looked like those were the signs that the person is really developing, spiritually speaking. You have a towel around you. What? You worship and roll on the floor. They are all signs that you are really developing spiritually. Lift up, I said, lift up your voice. And begin to pray. Go, 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 I was in the spirit sometime on the day of the Lord. I was in the spirit on the day of the Lord. And as I was walking with the Lord, I was walking like that. It's like those that is not it though, brother. In heaven, there'll be a lot of surprises though, because God's measurement is different from man's measurement. Man look out on the outward, but God look at on the, on the heart. He looks at the heart. There's a way he looks at things, there's a way he feels he looks at something to check whether you are going or not. Okay? Is it by your knowledge? How many messages you understand and how deep you are spiritually? That is not it. Understand what I'm saying when I say deep you are spiritually. Deep you are in terms of the scriptures. You are the one who sits underneath the scripture. You know where Paul was sitting when he wrote the scripture. You know the condition he was in. That's not how it's supposed to be. Love. 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 How kind you are. It's simple, simple things though. How kind you are. When they slap you, will you turn another cheek? Real real spiritual. Let me show you real spiritual development. Can I show it to you? Okay, go to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. Let's read from... Um, I don't have to read too much. From verse 38. Okay? This is Jesus talking. You know, some people are also able to say that, oh, Matthew chapter 5, chapter 6, chapter 7, Jesus was talking to the Jews. So it's not, it's not with reference to you and I. We are new creations. You are, there's something wrong with your brain, actually. Seriously, there's something wrong. So which... It's okay. You have heard that it has been said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. When they step on your leg, step on it on their leg harder. So that the next time you think about stepping on your leg, they'll think twice. They'll remember the pain of the, of the first one. But I say unto you that you, re, you resist not evil. Do you understand that? Don't resist evil. You know, sometimes when I teach about forgiveness, we tell you that when your neighbor hurts you, forgive the person, love the person. But next time when he's coming, just move aside so he can come and pass. 
Jesus is saying that next time when he's coming, stand there for him to hurt you. Resist not evil. But whosoever shall smite you on the right cheek, when they smite you on the right cheek, he says, turn to the other also. When they slap you, turn the other side for them to slap you. Message version. They say we should read message version. Is that going to get us anywhere? Here's what I propose. Don't hit back at all. If someone strike you, stand there and take it. This is, this is, this is the English we understand. Stand there and take it. Yeah, because if we say we if we say we are we are we are developing the spirit, who who has who developed more than Jesus, spiritually speaking? Anybody? You are more spiritual than Jesus. When Jesus was alive, when he walked the earth, let me show you what Jesus did. Go to first first Peter. I surprise. You see, you are spiritual. Okay, let's read first Peter chapter two. From verse 18 downwards. Okay, I want to read the whole thing to you. Servants, be subject to your own, to your masters, with all fear, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the forward. Do you understand that? He says, Servants, servants, be subject to your masters with all fear, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the forward. Let's read the Amplified. Amplified. You are household servants. Be submissive to your masters with all proper respect, not only to those who are kind and considerate. When your master is kind and considerate, or the one who is ahead of you is kind and considerate, if your lecturer is kind and considerate, your boss is kind and considerate, you, are, you tend to love him very easily. Isn't it? But he says that you who are household servants, be submissive to your masters with all proper respect, not only to the kind, those who are kind and considerate and reasonable, but also to those who are surely overbearing, 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 unjust and crooked. If your boss is crooked, he says, submit to him. If your boss is unjust, he's supposed to give you thousands, he's give you five, five hundred ganas. He says, Don't stop. it is called spiritual development. You see, you are sad. You are sad all of a sudden. It's like, you don't know. But that's not what we are taught in the church. That's not what we are taught. They tell you that if your if they are the boss is not nice, you to mafia him some. Do something. But the Bible says, just be happy. Go to the next verse and let's read it in King James. It says, For this is thankworthy. If a man for conscience toward God endure grief, suffering wrongfully. Did you hear that? You don't understand. Do you understand what he said? You don't understand. Let's read another version. For it is a sign of grace if a man desiring to do right in the eyes of God undergoes pain as punishment for something which he has not done. It's a sign of what? Grace. It's a sign that God is at work in your life. It's a sign that you are really spiritual. It's a sign of grace if a man desiring to do right in the eyes of God because of God. We should serve men like we are serving God. He tells the wife to submit to their husbands as they submit to Christ. This one is to change your tongues. <laughs> and that goes pain as punishment for something which he has not done. Next verse. For what glory is it? If when you be buffeted for your, no, let's be be buffeted. What credit is it if when you have done evil? You take your punishment quietly. If you've done that, if you've done the wrong thing, we are blasting you. Ah, you did it. Yeah. The, for the wages of sin is death. Yeah. Isn't it? So if, if they are killing you, you know that I did the thing. Yeah. I deserve it. Whatever they are doing to me, I deserve it. He says, what credit is it if when you have done evil, you take your punishment quietly? But if you are given punishment for doing right and take it quietly, this is pleasing to God. Some people feel like leaving the church. Like, you know, what kind of way is this? I'm not the one. I didn't. I've not printed a Bible since I came to this world. I've not. I've not even written a book. I'm not. I'm not the one who wrote this. No. Next verse. This is God's purpose for you, because Jesus Himself underwent punishment for you, giving you an example so that you might go in His footsteps. 
Next verse. Who did no evil and there was no deceit in his mouth? No evil, no deceit in his mouth. He didn't do anything wrong. You, what haven't you done? The, it's not what did you do, it's what haven't you done? Do you get, the question is not what did you do, what haven't you done? You've done so many people things. I mean, next verse. To sharp words, he gave no sharp answer. To sharp words, he gave no sharp answer. He says, make love your aim. It is the real measure for spiritual development and spiritual growth. Okay? How do you behave? Hey, they have hurt, my, they have hurt me. Oh, you see, do you know me? <laughs> when he was undergoing pain, no angry word came from his lips, but he put himself into the hands of the judge of righteousness. Continue. He took our sins on himself, giving his body to be nailed on that tree, so that we, being dead to sin, might have a new life in righteousness. And by his wounds we have been made well. This was the highest spiritual authority did. So if you say you are becoming spiritual and you can't, you can't live and survive with those who are around you because of something they did wrong or whatever, there's a problem. Your spiritual good has a, has a problem. You think spiritual good is knowledge? It is not. 1 Corinthians 8 from verse 1 and verse 2 will let you know that it is not knowledge. 1 Corinthians 13 from verse 1 to verse 4 lets you know it's not knowledge, it's not prophecy, it's not in how prophetic you are or any of those things. The fact that you can see some things does not mean that right now you are are a spiritual uh, bulldozer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Turn the other cheek for the person to slap. Go back to that place, Matthew chapter 5. He says, if your neighbor tells you, let us go one mile, go with him ten miles. You have heard that it has been said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say unto you that ye resist not evil, but whosoever shall smite thee on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. Verse 40. And if a man will shoot thee at the law and take away thy coat, let him have thy cloak also. Message, message version, message version. Message. If someone drags you into court and shoots for the shirt off your back, get wrap your best coat and make a present of it. <laughs> get wrap, wrap your best coat as a gift and give that one to, to him. This is our Lord talking. Of. It's written in red. It's in red. If you have a good Bible, it's in red. Next verse. Go to the next verse. Message. Let's maintain it in the message version. And if someone takes unfair advantage of you, use the occasion to practice the servant's life. You want your spiritual development? No more for that stuff. No more for that stuff. Live generously. Live generously. Ask your neighbor, are you a Christian? <laughs> what, 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 what do you think you are? Are you a Christian? Are you, are you a Christian? <laughs> no more for that. Live generously. Next verse. You are familiar with the old written law. Love your friend and its unwritten companion. Hate your enemy. I'm challenging, challenging that. I'm, te- I'm challenging that. I'm telling you to love your enemies. Let them bring out the best in you, not the worst. When someone gives you a hard time, respond with the energies of prayer. Is it a message? It's a message. Respond with the enemy with the with what the energies of prayer. What a shock! They are killing you. Enter your closet. It is more difficult when you have power to destroy that person. It is more difficult when you have the power and the resources to destroy the person who is giving you that problem. To respond with the energies of prayer. It is more difficult. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? It is more difficult when you know you can do. You can do. You can finish the person. Hey. Hmm. Go back to Colossians. So we want to, we want to help ourselves spiritually speaking. This is one of the aims. Aim at and make love. Pursue love. Let it be the highest aim in your life. But apart from that, there's another aim. Spiritual aim. Of learning to put your mind and stay in your mind on the higher things. The higher life. Okay? So Colossians chapter 3 from verse 1. It says, If then you have been raised with Christ to a new life, that's sharing his resurrection from the dead. Aim at and seek the rich eternal treasures. 
Seek, aim at, and seek the rich eternal treasures. They are rich eternal treasures. Do you believe in the riches of God? There's something called the riches of God. How many of you want to be rich? Say, I'm rich. Now, there are this real, you see, when we talk about riches, a lot of people only think about the physical aspect. It's very important to you have money. You have to have money. Because money answers all things. Money is important. Money that is gain rights answers all things. Not all money. Money that is gain rights. <laughs> money is important. If when you were coming to church, you had your own car, I don't have to think about closing time. I can close at 10 because I know everybody will be able to get home with their car. It's not a problem, isn't it? But because you don't have a car, I have to close at the right time so that you can get the car and go home and be home, and be home safely. If you had money, you could have been in a, in a, secured, in a secured, uh, a gated community yeah. with soldiers at the entrance of the main place so that you can, you can drive your nice car without having trouble. No matter who sees you in town, the person can drive and follow you to your house. When it gets to the gate, you turn back and you can enter your gate and go away. Do you understand? Like, money is good. But what we are talking about is beyond money. Okay? There are, there, there are things that are beyond money. There's something called peace of mind, which cannot be purchased. There are things that can, cannot be purchased with money. Love cannot be purchased with money. You can't, you can't pay people to love you. <laughs> you pay them when, when, when fake love. It, it doesn't work. You can't pay people for money, for love. You can't pay people man, for, uh, for peace of mind. You can't pay money for, for calmness of, of, of life, of environment. You can't pay... You can't pay for divine health. Do you get it? These are things that God is handing over to us free of charge. And he's letting you know how to, how to get them. Go to Ephesians chapter 4. Let me show you a scripture in Ephesians chapter 4. No, Ephesians chapter 3 rather. Go to Ephesians chapter 3. It's so nice. I'm trying to read from a place that will help you. So that we don't have to read plenty. Because from verse 1 is very nice. If you've never read Ephesians in your life, go home and read Ephesians. you like it. you love God more after reading Ephesians. Let's read verse 7. Okay? This is Paul talking. He says, Whereof I was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God, given unto me by the effectual working of his power. This is so remarkable. This, this verse, you can, I can preach for two months on it. Only on this verse. It's very powerful. Whereof I was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God, given unto me by the effectual working of his power. Eh? One of the scriptures that comes to my mind through the scripture is Galatians chapter 2. Hallelujah. But at another time, I'll, I'll tell you. Go to the next verse 8. Very powerful. Unto me who am less than the least of all saints is this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles. The unsearchable riches of Christ. There's something called the unsearchable riches of Christ. Okay, let's read the Amplified. Let's read the Amplified. To me, though I'm the very least of all the saints, God's consecrated people, this grace, favor, privilege was granted and graciously entrusted to proclaim to the Gentiles. Read the rest for me. One to go. Did you hear all that he's saying? He says, to me, though I'm the least, I'm the very least of the, all the saints, God's consecrated people, this grace, favor, privilege was granted and graciously and tried to proclaim to the Gentiles. My job is to proclaim to the Gentiles huh, the unending, boundless, fathomless. Do you understand fathomless? You can't fathom. Fathomless, boundless, fathomless, incalculable. It cannot be calculated incalculable and exhaustless riches of Christ. Then he says, wealth which no human being could have searched out. Wealth which no... You are the most super blessed, super fantabulously... Charlie, your wealth eh, is more than Bill Gates, Bezos, all those people put together. He says, no human being could have searched it out. And that's what we are preaching to you. <laughs> Go to Ephesians chapter 1. Let's read verse 
verse 15, 16 and 17. 15, 16. Whereof I was made, I also after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and the love for all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and knowledge of him. Verse 18. Then it is the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling. Then it says, what and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Amplified. Of this. You see, I've showed you one with respect to wealth, with respect to the wealth, the material side, the money, the, the, the money, say money. What I showed you has to do with money, physical cash. He's telling you that in Christ there's physical cash. Wealth which no human being could have searched out. There's money, real money in Christ. What can God do? He says, a, a, a silver, the silver and the gold are mine. A castle on a thousand hills are mine. All things are mine. Everything is yours. You think he's joking? You can be the treasure of God. The treasures of darkness. I read to you that you do in text verse 9, isn't it? It says, I, I will give to Cyrus hidden riches. The treasures of darkness, I'll give it to him. That's what God said. Who, who can? Do you know there are riches that are hidden in the sea? I know someone there. He slept, woke up, and there was a pot of gold by his bed. And that is the source of his riches. He didn't go to any juju man or anything. Don't think that it's only the juju man who can do such things. That's the problem I have. That's the problem I have with, with a lot of Christians. It's like you, you, when you are thinking, you don't, you put God in a box. You're expecting you to do a certain uncle, a certain brother, a certain sister, if the people can so much. Listen, free gold. Free gold. A friend of mine went to India to preach last year, early last year. When he finished preaching there, Honorium was gold, a pot of gold. He has come to build a church, nice church somewhere in Accra. There's wealth in Christ. Okay? Then, this one says, by, by having the eyes of your heart flattered with light so that you can know and understand the hope to which he has called you. And how rich is his glorious inheritance in the seats? He set up, there's a rich glorious inheritance in you in Christ okay which is not money oriented only there's wealth in glory there's wealth in peace of mind there's wealth in grace there's wealth in joy like your joy you have you are wealthy in joy do, do you understand my message or you don't understand my message in Colossians chapter 3 he says that brother if you have been risen with Christ, indeed you have been risen with Christ, set your mind and your affections. Go back to that place. Colossians chapter 3. If then you have been raised with Christ to a new life, that sharing is resurrection from the dead. Aim at and seek. Someone asked another question. Matthew 7, 7. Ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and it shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. Then the person asks, what are we supposed to ask for and seek for and knock for? I'm showing you now. What do you seek? What should be... Have you heard the legends of the seeker before? Eh? What should you seek? As a Christian, as a child of God, what should you seek? He shows this. Aim at and seek the rich eternal treasures. They are rich and eternal treasures. Rich and eternal treasures that are above. Where Christ is seated. Where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Verse, verse 2. This and set your minds and keep them set on what is above, the higher things, not on the things that are on, that are on the earth. Keep your mind and set your minds and keep them set on what is above. He's showing you how to make contact with God and how to make contact with this eternal riches that we are talking about and eternal treasures we are talking about. How do I, how do I make contact with it? I remember how the church started, brothers and sisters. I remember how this building was built. The building was not built with your money. It was built with God's money. I can tell you that on a Sunday morning, we'll take offering, we can take offering, everybody's offering, everybody's about 10,000. But during the week, a miracle will happen and about 60,000 Ghana cities will show up. She's the secretary, she knows what I'm talking about. We don't know how it came, but by the time you realize, if we do the calculation, something has happened. Some 60,000 have showed up. Some 50,000 have showed up. Some 30,000 have showed up. Miracles! I mean... 
Hallelujah. Magic, magic. God is showing us how to, how to live a magic life. That has a promise of physical riches and solical riches and spiritual riches. Peter says, joy unspeakable and full of glory. Do you understand that? When they were pressured, they were full of joy. Paul Paul says that you guys gave out of your, it's out of your sorrow and out of your need. You gave, even threatening us to take your offering if 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 we don't. How can people do that? I mean, they are in need, yet they are giving with so much joy. I'm not thinking about their need. If they are not rich in peace, they can't do such things. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Set your minds. Tell me about set your mind. Do you understand? Set. Set means take it and put it there. And lock it there. You are responsible for it. Remember I said that your responsibility in Christ is with the help of the Holy Spirit. So don't go, out, don't go away doing this. As you are that you just be doing this. I'm set. What I do, I'm setting my mind. <laughs> I'm setting my mind on things that are about. That's not what I'm talking about. Okay, he says, and set your minds and keep them set on what is above the higher things. What are the higher things? I just mentioned some to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Not on the things that are on the earth. If you set your mind on the things that are on the earth, the end is going to be frustrations and poverty. But when you set your mind, how did God, what did God tell Joshua when he was given the authority to rule over Israel? He told him, be confident, be courageous to do what I have called you to do. Then he says, this book of the Lord shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate. What is the meaning of meditate? Think on. Set your mind. Set your mind on what? Set your mind on my word. That's basically what he's saying here. Set your mind and keep them set on the higher things. On the higher things. That is your real prosperity. Setting your mind on the higher things. Okay? You want to do well in life? Don't you want to do well in life? Don't you want to have things happening the way they are supposed At the rate at which they are supposed to happen? Don't you? I'm showing you how. Most of the times they preach to us what we have. But they don't tell us how to have what we have. Or how to have what we have show forth physically. Set your mind. Tell me about set your mind. And keep them set on what is above the higher things, not on the things that are on the earth. Look at the next verse, verse, verse 3. For as far as this world is concerned, you have died. And your new real life is hidden with Christ in God. As far as this earth is concerned, this world is concerned, you have died. And your new real life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in the splendor of his glory. Look at verse 5. You see, it's because of this. Because of what I'm talking about now. Kill. Deaden. Deprive of power. The evil desire lacking in your members. Deaden the evil desires lacking in your members. You see, because the evil desires that lack in your members is as a result of your thoughts. What your mind is set on. Why would you fornicate? You fornicate because your mind is set on fornication. It's not by accident. By the time you realize your panties were off. By the time you realize you were lying on the bed. And your legs were hanging in the, in the air. No, 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 it doesn't happen. There's intent. It's like you don't like my message. It's like I'm a bad man. I feel like I'm a bad man. Like I have to leave the church. It's like they don't know what I'm talking about. Pastor, do you know what I'm talking about? It's not by accident. It is by, it is by your thoughts. Yeah. Go to James chapter 1. Let's read from verse 7. James chapter 1 from verse 7. Preach it! Preach Go to verse 13. I don't read too much. Let no man say, when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil. Neither tempted he any man. Look at the next verse. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lusts. And enticed. And how does lust, how does lust work? He say, look at the way he, he says of his own lust. This is personal lust. It's your, it's your own. <laughs> They're like what you like. 
and what you think about. Your drawing is based on what you are thinking about. So if you are thinking about fornicating, you will be, it's English. Okay, go to, it's English. What does it say? It says, it is our own thoughts that tempt us sometimes. And then we want to do wrong things. And we want what is bad. And that causes us to do wrong things. Amante, amante, amante. It's English. It is our thoughts that tempt us sometimes. Thoughts, no? Which, which, is your thoughts, are your thoughts in your knee? <laughs> Ask your neighbor, where are your thoughts? <laughs> are they in your armpit or in your knee? Which way? In your mind. It is our own thoughts that tempt us sometimes. And when we want to do wrong things, we, wa- we want what is bad. And that causes us to do wrong things. When you want, you want it. What is here? Oh, you don't understand. And there are some people say, "What is here? What is here?" Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, it is your thoughts. You want to mirror the girl. It's like you don't like my message. Do you like my message? It's a thought that is in your mind. Try this, you can get that man. I will destroy things. You think about it before you lie. Do you know you don't lie involuntarily? You think about it. You see, and the amazing thing too is that right now, now that you're born again, it's actually a choice. It's completely a choice. Sin shall not have dominion over you. Okay, it's a choice. Every Christian who is who ends up doing something is actually a choice. He made a choice to go along that line. It's the truth, though. Do you want me to? I can show you seventeen scriptures to prove to prove that to you. It's a choice. It's a choice. Because sin shall not have dominion over you. You are not under under the law. You are now under grace. You are not okay. Romans chapter chapter 6. Let's read from verse 11. Let me show some to you. Okay. Now, if you realize, it says that you put to death, deaden, deprive of... Put your, keep your finger here. Go back to Colossians chapter 3 verse, verse 5. Okay. Amplified. It says, so kill. Because of what I'm saying now, kill. Because there's a competition. There's actually a competition. Let me show you something. Okay, let me read this and I'll show you something and I'll go back to that place. So kill, dead in deprive of power, the evil desire like in your members, those animal impulses. And all that is earthly in you that is employed in sin. Sexual vice. So you see, God also mentions sexual things. So don't be surprised I'm, like I'm mentioning sexual things. Like, like the pastor is a bad pastor. I'm not a bad pastor. Sexual vice, impurity, sensual appetites, unholy desires. Your desires are unholy. And all greed and covetousness. Then he says, for that is idolatry. That is idolatry. All that he has mentioned is called idolatry. You want to know idolatry? What is idolatry? Idolatry is worshipping or keeping your mind, whatever you set your mind on, is your God. <laughs> Do you agree with what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't know, it's just, for all that, that is, he's not talking about covetousness, so. he's not talking about greed, and all. he's not talking about only one thing, he's talking about all that he has mentioned up there. For that is idolatry. The deifying of self and other created things instead of God. are you serving? You want to masturbate. You can't help yourself. You see, when you, like, you want to watch porn or you want to do something terrible, within that brief period, it's like a commercial. So how do you say that in English? How do you say that in English? You are possessed. Like you are possessed. Like if you don't, if you don't do something, something will happen to you. It's like you are under the impulse and the control of a certain force. Have you, have you realized it? Ask your neighbor, have you realized that it's like you are, during those times, it's like you are under. You see, if, you, if I don't let you ask your neighbor, it's like I'm not talking to your neighbor, it's like I'm talking to somebody else. So ask your neighbor, you to neighbor, ask the person. Is, is it true? Is it true? It's, it's like you are under a certain kind of movement. It's like, eh, eh. 
within a within a period of five minutes, if you don't do what you say, you what is in your mind and what has come, it's like you'll not be free. When you finish, then you are free. It's like you are under the service and under the control of a certain power. It shows who, like as idolater, who is controlling you. If you don't have airtime, you borrow money to buy the airtime data so that you can have access to some things. Give all a shout if I'm saying it's true. Hey! It must come on. The pawn must come on. Light of you get power bank. <laughs> That is what God, that is the place God wants to get with you. Where he can, he can move you. You see, in, in Luke chapter 4 verse 1, and Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Now, the word led there is to drive. I don't know if the Amplified to say it. Let's look at the Amplified, maybe to say it. If you check the Greek, the word used there is to drive. To drive. Okay, it doesn't say it. This one says, "Returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into, into the desert." But the Greek word is "drive." It's to drive. Now, if you are driving your car and the car decides to drive itself, what do you think will happen? You are in trouble, isn't it? To drive a car, you you spark the car, you put it on drive or put it on first and move the car. And as you go, you keep changing gears and move and move. You control the, the moment you lose control of the car, you're in trouble. Okay? The leading of the spirit has to do with just like you have been driving a car. The car does not have its own will as to where it wants to go. It is the one driving the car that decides where it should go. Just like you would have during those moments of madness when, like, the pawn must come on. It's like you are being driven. Whatever you have to do, to watch that pawn or to do something foolish. What are some of the other foolish things? Like only pawn and masturbation is what we know. What, what, what else? You can't help yourself. Well, as I come to say, that's what God is you. Don't say it. We'll say it. <laughs> and then it's like in that, in that brief moment, you realize that something is driving you or someone is driving you. You are not yourself. Do you get it? You are not. Oh, is that true? You are not in control anymore. It's like someone else is in control. Someone else is behind the car. And drives. That's what the Spirit of God wants. To be able to drive you. Put you in different gears at, at his will. Yeah. You say, let's pray. And the prayer is like some. It's like, that's like you have in those other cases. Like you want to do it. If you don't do it, you'll not be fine. Uh-huh. That's where God wants us to get to. And it comes with your thoughts. Where your thoughts are, where your mind is set, you must, in, you must intend to set your mind. Okay? That's where spiritual battles start from. So, Charlie, the person is battling with things. You, you think it's only demons have access through thoughts. Oh, 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11. Let's look at it. 2 Corinthians 2, 11. Let Satan should get an advantage of us. For we are not ignorant of his devices. Can you imagine the word devices in Greek is noema? And it means thoughts. I don't know if the message or amplified or somebody else will say it. We are not ignorant of his wiles and intentions. It lets you know that there's some intentions there, isn't it? Message. Let's read message. This one says, oblivious to his sly ways. Thoughts. Uh-huh. Dabi. Dabi spiritual. <laughs> that we may not have Satan get an advantage against us. For we are not ignorant of his thoughts. His thoughts. His thoughts are his fiery darts. Which he flies into your mind. The devil does not know what you are thinking actually. He doesn't know what you are thinking. Right now, the devil is just like any other person sitting around you. They are not, he's not in your mind. He can't tell what's going on in your head. Our head is opaque to everybody. Apart from God. Only God can see what's going on in our heads. The devil cannot see. Because thoughts are spiritual. Very, very spiritual. 
So what he does is that he throws a thought to your mind and then waits to see whether you have, you have received the thoughts by your action. What you do? You can't, you do follow up. You can't. <laughs> you can't. There's a Chinese proverb that says that you can't prevent a bear from flying over your head. As for the thoughts, they come. You think there are little one who knows there are pretty ladies around? And there are ladies with big bottoms around. You think you are the only one who notices the big bottoms and the big breasts? Ask your pastors, they'll tell you. Don't ask me. I don't, I can't, I don't have it. But ask your pastors, they'll tell you. <laughs> ask for the thoughts, they'll come. But what you do with it, you see, what you do with it is what makes sense. <laughs> well, you must set your mind, though. If you don't set your mind there, eh, you, you will not enjoy spirituality. You will not. You will not. You, you wouldn't know what it means to be spiritual. You will not develop. You'll be suffering. So it's like today, you'll be intense. Like today, I'm, I'm, I'm for the Lord. Then tomorrow, something has happened. All your prayers, forgive me, forgive me, forgive me, forgive me. <laughs> Hallelujah. See, I'll set my mind. On the higher things. They're higher things, though. They're higher things. They're higher things. You see, if, if you, you, you ask the Holy Spirit to help you set your mind, what I'm saying is with the help of the Holy Spirit, remember, ask him to help, help me set my mind. When those foolish thoughts are coming to you, the Holy Spirit, help me set my mind. Just keep your mind there. I give you six months, you'll be surprised at what will be happening around you. Supernatural things. Supernatural things will just be happening around you. Consistently and continuously. Okay? Set your mind on God as your service to him. I preached a message some years ago called Your Reasonable Service. I spoke about where the Israelites came from and how the Israelites were connected to God and all that and how God they were taken away and the Gentiles were, came in and all that. Because if you read from Romans chapter 9 all the way through to chapter 10 to chapter 11, that's what it says. So the end of chapter 11 talks about those things. Like if being a wild olive hasn't taken away this one and planted him. I said so many things. Very wild. It's a very wild message. It was a church workers meeting. Yeah. And I preached about that. Then after saying all that in Romans chapter 11, the last verse of Romans chapter 11 says that for of him are all things and through him are all things and to him are all things. In other words, don't ask any foolish questions concerning what I've discussed. Everything comes from God, goes through God and ends in God. But you, that's verse chapter 12 verse 1. Okay, the next verse is chapter 12, verse 1. He says that, I beseech you, therefore, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God. Then he says, which is your reasonable service. It is your way of saying thank you to God. How can you say thank you to God for all that he has done for you? It's by giving your body to God. Okay, then the, the other thing, Apart from giving your body to God. In other words, keep presenting yourself every single time for every single meeting that they request for. Whatever meeting, if it's Wednesday, between Wednesday and Thursday, make sure, make, just be there, present your body. Do you know what you are being saved from by being here? You don't know. When you get to heaven and you see, God is a very wonderful recorder. He's recorded everything. He'll show you, okay, this is what you'd have done. This is what have happened. If you are stayed in the room, something has, might have happened. But when you were in church, you were talking about some things, so it left your mind and you became fine. Look at the next verse, verse 2. Verse 2. Yes, and be not conformed to this world. You remember he, st- he was telling at the other side, when it comes to the world, the, you, you, when it comes to the world, you are dead to it. Set your, minds on, your mind on things about, not on things on the earth. Same thing that he's saying here. And be not conformed to this world. Because your failure as a Christian is by conforming your, your mind to this world. It's your mind though. What you, where you put your mind is what makes you succeed or fail. You see, I told you that we are going to fill this place. What I'm going to do is to set my mind on it. To set my mind on God. Set my mind on his word. Set my mind on what he wants me to set my mind on. What can't he give to me? I mean, ask and it shall be given unto you. I'll set my mind on And do what he wants me to do. As I set my mind on him, he tells me what to do per time. Do this, do that, do this, do that. And what the aim, and even the aim, what I'm saying is not my own thoughts. Why didn't I say we'll go to we'll get 3,000 last year? I'm saying it now. Because God told me in my prayer that this is what is going to happen. Hallelujah. He said, be not conformed to this world, but be it transformed. Your transformation as a Christian. Okay? Your transformation and your development, your spiritual development is based on your mind. 
is based on what you are thinking about. Where your mind is set. You believe what I'm saying? It's in the scriptures. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. By the renew- let's, let's read the Amplified. Maybe the Amplified will say something powerful. Do not be conformed to this world. This age, fashioned after they are adapted to its external superficial customs, but be transformed. It says changed. Your change is in your mind. Your change is in your mind. You want to change your environment? Change your mind. Change your thought processes. Whatever change must happen outside, must happen inside first, through your mind. Where is your mindset? Message. Let's read message. Message worship. Don't be so well adjusted to your culture that you fix it into it, fix into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. It is called service to God. Fix your attention on things on the world and whatever. All those things is idolatry because you have exchanged God with something else. That is idolatry in the New Testament because you, you will not worship. You know, you know better. You will not put any tree. You will not go and stand in front of a tree and then you cut a chicken's neck for it and bow down. Will you do that? You know better. But what is happening in your thoughts? Where is your mind? Where is your mindset? Mindset means what your mind is set on. What is your mind set on? Let it be on higher things. Your change. Your change. Tell me about your change. Start from your mind. If it hasn't started there, it won't show up. You can change things physically as much as you want to. It will not change because it hasn't happened in your mind. When it changes in your mind, you'll be surprised. Hallelujah. Rise upon your feet and ask the Holy Spirit to help you set your mind. Help me set my mind. Talk to God now. Dear Holy Spirit, he's your helper. You cannot do the word of God without the Holy Spirit. You can't. It's not possible. Talk to him. Help me set my mind. Help me set my mind. Help me, dear Holy Spirit. Lift up your hands to seven and just talk to him. 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 Help me set my mind. Help me set my mind. God bless you for listening. Keep listening to the word as Christ is made the center of your world. For prayer and counseling, call 024-563-8314 or send an email to info at christworldinc.com. God bless you.